right. Welcome to another episode of the Sober Heathen. Uh, another great day today. I have another guest. Um, a couple things before we get started uh, to hear this uh, great story that's coming. Um, a couple weeks ago, we had two interviews in the same week. Uh, make sure you check those out if you like this interview. Those other two are great ones as well. Um, also, make sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. That always helps the channel grow. And uh, find uh, Sober Heathen on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and pretty soon I'm going to be on Rumble. It sounds like Rumble is a pretty uh, happening place right now. It's growing. And I want to make sure that uh, we have an opportunity to get everybody's uh, story out and um, help people that are struggling with addiction. Also, something cool um, this weekend, hopefully finalizing a couple things. I want to do a contest for anybody that... I don't want to get into too many details before I release it, but uh, start thinking about somebody that you're proud of in recovery that's done a lot, either for you or it's a family member that you're proud of. We're going to have a little bit of a contest where you can write in to the podcast, tell a little bit about it. We'll pick a winner. And if you think if you think these little chips, uh, if you think the chips are cool that you get from AA, wait till you see that, man, you're going to freaking love it. It's going to be awesome. And uh, I look forward to doing something cool like that for you guys out there fighting the good fight. So enough of my babble. Uh, today we have Gail. I don't know Gail a whole lot. Um, so I'm really excited to hear her story. Um, today is a special day. I'll let her tell you what that special day is. But I, it's something that I can only dream about. I can't even fathom this uh, kind of uh, uh, special day. Um, but it's a goal. So uh no further ado, here is Gail M. Okay, good morning. Morning, Gail. So, um, this morning, today, December 28th, um, 19, or 9, 1988, I got sober, which is 34 years ago. <laughs> yeah, and, and I recall that day there were people, because I went to my first meeting, and there were people that were there that talked about 20, 25 years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, there's no way, there's no way. I'm just, it, but they kept telling me, you know, just today, just one day at a time. So here I am 34 years ago today. And I just want you to know the one thing that has held me at this date is because it was my dad's birthday. And my dad um, was the only one that ever looked at me and said, you know, every time I see you or talk to you, you have a beer in your hand. And I went, oh, no. <laughs> and then later, after after he passed away and I um, got sober on his birthday, I recall those words, which now mean something to me. But back then, it meant nothing. Uh, just like, oh no, dad, you're wrong. I'm, you know, whatever. But anyway, so it has held me um, all these years because once you miss that date, then you'd have to wait a whole year again, whatever days that means. So you just stay sober for a date that means so much. And not everyone's going to have that opportunity, but I did by the grace of God. So anyway, I, I'm going to get started with the questions. Um, the first question Scott asked me was, with what I know now, do I believe um, that using is a choice? And I can say that um, alcoholism is a disease. And until you recognize that fact, um, you don't really have a choice. You're just 
you're just an alcoholic drinking every day. But as soon as you find out, like go to a meeting, um, sit there and, and look at yourself in the mirror, um, then you understand, oops, this is where I am. This is what has happened to me. And now I have a choice every day. Do I drink or do I not drink? And so um, day one, um, that's when we say yes and we believe I'm an alcoholic. And then after that, my choice is, do I drink today or not? So for a lot of years, 34 years, I've said, not today, not today, not today. Um, and, and I'm very old fashioned. And I, I realized this when I sat down with these questions, I'm very old fashioned about the program, about the 12 step program. I went, I had to go Google them because I, you know, it's so embedded in me that I kind of know the steps, but I don't know them. So I, um, that day, I admitted that I was powerless over alcohol. And, um, and so that's where I've been going every day. And I remind myself of that every day. I'm powerless over it. I can look at it and I can make a choice, but I can't drink today. Cannot drink today. So whatever's in my life, whatever's happening, you know, all the stuff that comes in front of you, um, you look at that and then you look at the alcohol and you go, this is my choice. I choose not to drink today. So you, you have to believe that so deep that it goes down to your toes because life is not manageable if you choose the alcohol. So um, I did, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of that, but people that just do things on their own without the steps, you're going to be all over the place. I'm going to tell you in my heart of hearts, you're not going to make it unless you do the steps, unless you put them in front of you, you look at them every day and, and, and really make choices, you know, looking at the steps. Um, so the next question is, um, how have your views on addiction changed since um, I've lived, lived through 34 years? Um, I would have to say that everything that I've faced, um, all of my realities from day one to today have changed. It's, it, it's incredible. You, you, you get to a point you might be working on your first step. You might be working on your fourth step. You might be working wherever you're at, but things change and, and everybody's heard this, you know, it's like peeling the layers off an onion. Um, so true. So very true because I'm telling you, um, I'm probably on my third onion because <laughs> I've gotten to the core and then something else brings me back to I'm powerless this situation in my life has brought me back to that I'm powerless again because, you know, death or whatever in life, you know, just whatever life is put in front of you, there you are again. Um, and, and you have to choose not to drink. I've had thoughts. I've had thoughts about, well, you know, 34 years, I'm pretty sure I'm probably healed. And then I go, oh, welcome to step one, Gail. You 
have to choose today. You're powerless over alcohol. So um, it, it's just funny how that pops up. Um, I just, I just know in my heart of hearts that I don't, I don't get to, you know, I don't get to drink. I never will. I, I never will. Not even, not even if I were told, okay, today's your last day on this earth. Um, not even then would I decide that I could drink alcohol. So um, it, it's, 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 it's just incredible how strong I am because of the steps. And, and I know that um, as I walk my steps and I know my power greater than myself is God, not everybody has God, but whatever their power, greater power is that my God has held me there, um, not myself. I'm just, when you think about you, even just looking at the word powerless, you you have to go to something that's greater than you. If if there isn't something greater than you, again, you're just a mess, just a mess. So um, I, I just have a deeper understanding and, and I know um, when you study those words, not just the sinner, the step, study that word powerless, really know what it means for you, really contemplate it. And I recall, you know, days when we'd go to a meeting because you do 90 days, um, 90 meetings in 90 days to really get a firm grip on your life. Um, We would, we would just, pick a step and talk about it for an hour. Um, Those are things that are just invaluable to getting to uh, 34 years. My, my last chip, by the way, was a a 30 year chip. So those are fun. You know, they don't have the thrill that the 30, 60, 90 days did or the one year or whatever, but I did get a 30 year chip. So, and I don't even know where it is, but I've got it. (laughs) So um, next question is what would I say to someone who's in a, a similar situation? Um, you know, to, to where I was when I started on my journey. Um, I don't care what your situation is. Um, I would say the same thing. So I get a big book. I don't care what part of life is put in front of you, whether it be drugs or alcohol or Al-Anon or whatever, whatever, get the big book, get the steps and, and start there and, and don't, Mamby Pamby anywhere else. And and a fun story that I recall back in the very, very beginning. Um I was standing at the coffee machine, um, great big one of those great big tall aluminum, you know, 40 cup, whatever. And there was an old guy, and he had one of those 20-year deals under his belt, and, and a young man who was, you know, whiny, and I was just waiting to get coffee. And the young guy says to the, to the old guy, well, 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 how do you do, you know, how do you let go and, and let God? And that's one of our famous sayings. And, and the old man had a hot cup of coffee in his hand. He held the coffee up. I mean, it was scorching hot and let go of it. He let go. It Dropped to the floor, 
hot coffee everywhere. And he looked at the kid and of course he cussed and he said like that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that to this day has such significance in my memory that it was so graphic, so hot. So he didn't care if he made a mess. He did not care. He had to make a point. And, and now I'm that old timer, <laughs> you know, and That's I'm powerful. That's yeah, powerful, sorry. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I, I can't believe it. I didn't know I'd get there, but here I am. And, and I'd probably say the same thing to someone like quit whining, quit crying. Um, you know, you're, you're no worse off than the rest of us. Um, this is what you do and this is how you do it and get it done. Quit, quit being a crybaby. In today's world, you know, we have all these politically correct things that we're supposed to say or not say when it comes to drinking or drugging, there's no politically correct nonsense. Cause if you do, you're doing a disservice to that person whose life depends upon not drinking, not putting that in your mouth. So I'm an old timer now. <laughs> so that that's that's where I would say start. That's where what I would say. That's what I believe. Um, the best part um, for me, where I am today. The the question is, what's the best part of being where I am, and and because of my experience and that and what was the hardest. The best part is I have never gone back out. I have never had a drink of alcohol. Um, and so I don't have to feel sad or shame or, or any of those feelings and knowing that I failed. This is the one thing in my life that I have been 100% good at, perfect at. Yeah. But I got, if you don't mind, I want to. No. It's something popped in my head, and uh, I'd like to get your take on this because I've noticed this with myself. I'm I'm nowhere near you, but I, I'm doing the best I've ever did right now as far as days go. Um, because of the steps, I will say something even in a conversation via text or Facebook Messenger with my friends and loved ones, and I will say something that the old me, the the alcoholic, would say, and then I'd be like, "Oh my God, I didn't mean that." Because yeah. I'm I'm interrogating those thoughts every single time that I say it, and and um, uh, talking with um, with one person in particular, she always says, "Look at you! You're catching yourself when you're saying this stuff." And so, I guess to to add to that question, do you think you would be able to evaluate your thoughts and interrogate those things um, as well as you do today? Um, if you didn't have to go through the steps, if you didn't have this experience? Oh, no, no. It, keep, it keeps you so focused to, um, to, to do the steps and go over them. Um, I'm going to tell you that I, for the first five years, wrote out uh, a fourth step, did a fifth step, five years in a row. And I called it my jitter journal um, because... Every year it was different. Every year it was better. It was deeper. There were things I remembered. Um, so 
Absolutely. It it's like using the big book as your Bible. It, it, it's your it's your everything. It, you know, Bible for me. Um, yeah. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I think writing this stuff down is is crucial because there are some people that are scared uh, with the AA program about having to spill your guts to somebody. And I know that's rough for some people and you have to do it, but I think writing it out and the important thing, I have so many journals that I'm never going to get rid of that from being in treatment that I'm going to reread them every year or, or more because write in a journal to yourself and say the absolute truth in that son of a bitch and then look at it and dissect it. And where's this coming from? What is the intent to these thoughts? Is it selfish? Is it not selfish? And it really, truly was a great tool for me. I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's just nothing better because if it's just you and that piece of paper, who cares what the hell's on there, you know? Yep. Um, yeah, and, and uh, I have one fun story about, about looking at yourself and, and things pop up like, like you like you said you're like you're thinking and then all of a sudden you go whoa dude what was that I remember I I went home um to see everyone because I lived out in in Denver I got sober in Denver and then three months later um moved to Houston and, and stayed there for four years and and I thought when I moved to Houston that it was I was going for a job it was not a job Lord just picked me up and moved me there because he set me down in the middle of this wonderful sobering community and and so I was immersed with friends and meetings and everything but so I finally fly home because I've written that that first step and or you know four step and everything and I'm ready to go and do make some amends and and do some things and and so anyway we go up north we go into an uh, uh we like a store it, you walk it's a walk-in cooler and one whole side of the cooler is all alcohol beer everything and the other side is is pop and you have to walk in to get what you're going to have so i very innocently walk in i'm going to get a pop and um i look at the whole wall of beer and without even i mean my brain instantly said to me how are we gonna drink all of that and i'm like oh for god's sake scale you're you're sober you aren't gonna drink any of it and, and there it was there it was i reminded myself oh okay um yeah maybe back in the day what a thought who in the world would think to drink the whole wall from ceiling to floor of all of that exactly all of that alcohol and I went and it, it was such an aha moment I went well you are a real alcoholic so you can think that but you're not going to drink today so um yes every every thought there's lots of times it, it, it's so automatic now after all these years when I have thoughts that I sit down and contemplate now what what is that and why is that and it, it they're old alcoholic thoughts because my brain my brain is not going to change I am chemically an alcoholic my brain my body everything about me you know is is an alcoholic I, I'm allergic to it it's like having diabetes you can't one day wake up and decide, well, I've been, you know, practicing my diet for 30 years. I bet I'm not a diabetic anymore. Not true. Not true. I would go into a diabetic coma and die if I did that. 
so, you know, and I, I guess that's really important that a person understand that. And a lot of people have trouble accepting the fact that they're diabetics and they have, they have issues. So every day, every thought that is maybe crazy, if you say, you know, if that, I don't know, there you are, you're just looking at what made you think that. And, and I don't, anymore, I don't mind being with non-alcoholics, but when the Lord places a wonderful recovering alcoholic in my life, like just a few years ago, he did place a beautiful recovering alcoholic in my life. And I never dreamed, not in a million years. And it was just like, I just melted into knowing her and having her be a part of my life. It was like a birthday present, <laughs> you know, like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> because we, we just, you click, you have the same, you have the same thought process. There's something about, about the way we think that nobody else thinks. And so it's just like a, a warm, fuzzy teddy bear that you can hug, you know, instead of a pillow at night. So, and we have become dear friends and she helps me all the time and I help her. So yeah, that, you know, it's just, it's unbelievable how that connection is a feeling. It's a deep embedded feeling like that person understands me, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that the, um, I don't know, I can honestly say I don't know there's been a bad part of this journey. I I was older when I got sober. Um I understood how bad things were and you know the the story is another another day another subject but I um I embraced um recovery and and sobriety I, I held on to it. I loved it. I've enjoyed every day. I thank God I'm an alcoholic because I know what's wrong. <laughs> you know, I know, I know why I do what I do. Um, and I just have to correct and stay on, you know, stay in my lane. So um, I love being an alcoholic. I love because I have a lot of fun in life. Um, I will tell you that my first days, weeks, months, whatever, um, I decided that um, I I was going to have to have fun. So I did things that maybe a normal person might not be able to do. Like I, I found a young friend and we love to dance. So we went to bars, you know, and I danced and I danced sober and I was happy to be sober and I didn't wake up with a hangover. I had a lot of fun. And to this day, I still have fun. So I'm happy to be, and I don't think there's a bad day. I have bad circumstances, bad things in my life, but I don't, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be who I am. Um, I embrace it. I love it. Um, And and if anybody gives me a hard time, well, then I, I, I'll rear up and, you know, get in their face. I'm not afraid to do that. You know, and that's another thing. Um, I was sober about three months, and when I moved to Houston, um, I put myself into an outpatient, all-female, 16-week recovery um, group, you know, so I could work and then go, you know, I I went every night. 
five nights a week. And and so that really, and I decided then that um, I was going to be happy with who I was and I still am. So, um, yeah. I, I, and and um, just, uh, boy, you're, you're a lot of good stuff. Uh, when, when you say that you're, you're glad you're an alcoholic, I, when I first heard those words, um, you know, I, I'd hear speakers come in and say, I'm a grateful alcoholic. I couldn't believe what I was hearing. <laughs> what the hell are you grateful for? Right. Um, you know, being in jail and, and, and puking and pissing yourself and, and right. all these things that you're, that you go through. Why are you grateful for this? This just makes no sense to me, but it, it the longer I go, the more I talk to people, um, I get it. I, I get it. I I wouldn't be who I was today if it wasn't for what the program has taught me and what I had to go through to get here. And for those lessons, I am grateful. So I totally get it. And I just think anybody listening, when they hear that, especially if uh, they're struggling or know somebody that's struggling, it's like, you know, if, if he or she ever said that she's grateful for being an alcoholic, then, you know, screw them. You know what I mean? Like they're right. significant other, you know what I mean? Right. But it, it can, it can turn. Now you said that um, really no complaints. So it wouldn't be an honest interview if I didn't ask. So like um, everybody, um, and maybe not everybody, but uh, I have lost really good jobs. I've lost relationships with my kids um, and they're only 10. Um, has there been anything like that through your experience that, oh. that was hard? Oh, oh yes. Um, yeah, my worst days um, as an alcoholic um, brought me to some terrible choices as a parent. Um, nothing that I'm proud of. Would I change it? Nope. Um, I, I walked away. Um, my children were about maybe your children's current age and I had to leave town. I had to get away. I had to get, I had to do a geographic cure. Now, do they recommend that? No. Um, but I was still drinking then. So, um, I moved, I moved out of state, I left Michigan, I went to Colorado, I said to my children, I'm moving, you're welcome to come with me, or you're welcome to stay with your father, um, I'm giving you that choice, I can't be here, I had issues with, with parents and lost job, couldn't afford to feed them, um, things that a mom had to face, and I was you know, now remember this was, I was not sober then. Sure. So, but I still had, had to make that cure. So um, I go, I move, I, I leave them behind. Then my daughter comes and, and she's with me. And, and, and so we go through all these terrible years and terrible things. Children, you know, my children are in their fifties today and they are prodigals. They, um, you know, they still, they're still in yesterday and I'm way out here, 34 years sober. They're still holding against me everything that I did back then. And I've come 34 years of, look, I did that. I was, I was drunk. I was out of control. I didn't, there was, you know, I made choices back then that I'm not proud of, but here I am today. And I've been here for you for all these years and you're still mad at me. Um, I'm sorry. And, yeah. and, and, and yes. So today, today, 
I have two children that are still mad as hell at me and, and spewing off at me or not talking to me, whatever their thing is. And I'm always there. I say, I'll, I'll talk about it. Let's get to where we're going. What, I'll tell you anything. You're right. I, that wasn't right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How many times can you say you're sorry? But what about today? And, right. and, and they do not have a program. And I have a program. I don't have to feel guilty anymore because I have 34 years of walking through sobriety, making choices. I, I finally moved back um, about 30 some years ago, moved back to Michigan um, and, and went to all of them. And I said, I'm here to make living amends. I'm here for you. I'm here. This is me. I, you know, nothing I can hide. I did it all. Um, so let's get started. And they were very resentful. Um, it, it was awful. I thought they'd be glad, but they weren't. They still aren't. So if you as a child want to hang on to that resentment and act like a baboon, um, then I guess you just have to do that. And, and I face that all the time. My son said to me one day, um, I had been home maybe uh, about a year and, and he goes, you know, mom, he goes, remember how you, they tell you to choose a sponsor that has something that you want? Um, it, and, and he goes, you know, well, if I were to have a choice of mothers and choose a mother that had something you want, I wouldn't choose you. And, and that was, that was such an eye opener to me. If I didn't have the basics of my sobriety, I would have buckled. I would have drank. I would have done all the things that you do because your son is now just really hit you between the eyes with, with some truth. And I just looked at him and I said, well, you know, I'm sorry you feel that way. But guess what? I walk my walk with sobriety and I walk with God and 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 I walk according to what he wants from me, not what you want and so I'm sorry for your luck and and, and that hit him you know his face turned kind of red and he he could say nothing to me yeah. and to, to this day to this day he has an attitude sure. but I'm proud I'm proud of me you can't take that away from me um you know I, he was like he was like night Let's see, what was he? He was 19 years old when I got sober. He's now 53. He turns 53 in three days or two days, um, December 31st. And he's still got a chip on his shoulder. He's been in the Navy in treatment and still not sober, thinks he's got a handle on it. You know what? I'd rather be Gale alcoholic than son alcoholic because I've got a program I've got the steps and my daughter she's resentful too so yes Scott been there done that those those basic years those basic steps those you know doing whatever you got to do to just hang on you know you have to do it I wouldn't do anything different I would not do anything different I know I made all those mistakes but you don't walk through life on the right road because I think if you say you've done everything right, 
you're lying. You're, you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I've had I've had time. I mean, it has not been easy. It's not easy. So no, I, 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 yeah. I, and I really appreciate you sharing that part about your children because I know uh I, I'm not ignorant to the fact that uh even though my kids are only ten, um and I was there every step of the way for the first part of their lives. But that, that first four, four and a half years before I got divorced, you know, they're not going to remember all those things. And it could end up in the future being where they hold on to this resentment. I mean, I've held on to resentment for my mother for a very long time myself. Yep. And um, you know, I'm, I'm, we can't control what other people think. And that does not mean that we love our children any less. And I think that's very important for people to understand what you're saying is there's nothing to do with how much you care for them and what you would do for them and how much you love them. You can't control them. So you have to be okay with them being the way that they are towards you because right. you can't, you can't change it. And by worrying about it and stressing about it and all you're doing is punishing yourself more. So, exactly. so exactly. I think, I yeah, think that that's... walk of shame is not worth it. And, and remembering what meeting, what, what happens and what they say in meetings are that walk of shame. If you don't get rid of that, if you don't deal with that, if you don't, if you don't become that happy person, um, you will drink. So yeah. you become happy. You accept who you are. You accept all your faults, all your warts, everything that you've done wrong. And then you look them in the eye and you go, you know what? I'm happy today. I'm happy to talk to you about it. I'm happy to walk through it. You can say whatever you want. Um, it's not going to hurt my feelings. It's just going to help you. Um, and then at the end of the day, if you're still mad at me, I'm sorry, buddy. I'm sorry. But you're going to, this is your walk. And if you're strong, if you're strong and they see that and feel that in you, they're going to be better off. But yeah. you can't you can't skate around it. You just have to be who you are. Right. And I had a lot of years of that. I did some real damage to those kids, but they've also not chosen to get sober today. Sure. So they're they're where they're at. I'm I'm light years ahead in that regard. So I can sure. stand there and look at them. So yeah, it's it's you know it's I've done. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I... And I think uh, more good words, um, you, you had mentioned words in the big book, and you're using a lot of them. Um, you know, uh, you mentioned living amends. Um, yeah, that's that's really the only way that we can change the people that we care about, um, their thoughts on us, is by them seeing it. Because as an alcoholic, sorry is just manipulation without change. We've wasted all our sorries. So saying those words mean nothing anymore. Right. So to to have people see, you know, when you're, when you're talking to them and you're being open and honest um, and I got my big book open to it, uh, how it works. And in the first paragraph, it says honesty, the first three times you're being honest um, with your children. You're being honest by sharing. Um, those are all important things. And um, I completely had a blank brain fart. <laughs> I lost where I was going with that, but it, uh, words are important. That's what it was. Words are right. important. So to right. say that this is what I did, that's, that's, that's what happened. This is where I'm going now. Nobody's going to change it. You can't change anybody else's feelings, no matter how hard you try. That's right. They're either going to want to be a part of your life or they're not. And there's nothing you can do about it. And like I said, you're just going to continue to punish yourself if you're not. Right. I'm, okay. I can honestly tell you that I am sitting here with 34 years under my belt, full of joy. And, and my children, you know, they're 
barely speaking to me. They're over there with all their resentment and all their nastiness. I don't have those feelings. I feel sad for them. And I'm, I'm happy. And the Lord has restored everything in my life. I had to file bankruptcy. Um, You know, things have just gone on and on and on and on and on for me, but I did one step at a time, one day at a time, you know, everything I have done, I was going to walk towards sobriety and don't drink today. And, and so when it's all said and done, you know, God has been there for me every step of the way. Um, what, one fun thing that, that I can um, tell you, about five years into my sobriety, I was in Houston. I finally had pulled myself together, went back to college, was headed to, um, to you know, become a respiratory therapist. And, and uh, so I, I finally had a free minute. So I went to a speaker meeting on a Friday night. And, and so they hadn't seen me for a while because I was full-time school, full-time work. And, and everybody walks up to me with this nasty look on there. Where have you been? And are you still sober? And, and then they asked me to be a five-minute speaker. And I, oh yeah. So I get up and, and, and I, by gosh, tell them what I think of their attitude. I'm like, oh, really? I came in here five years ago. You told me I was going to get my life back. I got my life back. I'm going to college. I'm working full time. And you're asking me if I'm still sober. Uh, how come you aren't asking me, you know, about my success? You should be ashamed of yourself. And I really gave it to them because, yeah. you know, people, you know, people just they just assume the worst. Mm-hmm. So I gave it to him. I couldn't Good help for it. You. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. There, I have to be happy with where I'm at. And if I, if I work and I'm not a selfish person by any stretch of the means, in fact, I'm probably more the other way and I have sure. to work on not, you know, not being the scapegoat. That's, that's what right, I'm right. in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not selfish to defend yourself and, and people like that driving nuts. Right. People like that, they make it, they make it so hard for you know people coming in into these meetings that are already intimidated. You know what I mean? And you act like that. I mean, if there's a newcomer seeing seeing that and then hearing your story, I just good for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For you. Things pop into your mind, you know. <clears throat> stories that I tell often, but yeah, I just um, and and when I moved back to Michigan, I stopped going to meetings. I, I, what I ended up doing because I had lots of years by then. Um, and I was really solid. I, I started just doing the church thing, which helped, you know, solidify my, my program. Not to say that I left the program in my heart. I walked that everyday steps, but, um, and not all church, works for me it's it's a very choice you know thing that i do but um i i'd have to say my my higher power god has really helped me stay sober because he's the one that really wanted me to be sober you know so i have done that um but and so i felt really honored to be able to get on today and and step out and say, wow, it's been 34 years and here I am. And why am I successful? And it's because I really have a good, good foundation, but one that I can't ever, ever, ever leave. I, I, I'm not graduated. <laughs> it's not no. like college. <laughs> no, they're, yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm there's... for another 34. <laughs> Heck yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, that was something else uh, in the notes that I took. You had mentioned that, um, you know, I, I believe that if you're truly an alcoholic or addict, um, you can't go back. No. You, there's no, because it, from my experience um, and from the experience that others have shared with me, that um, it, it goes right back to where it was, no matter what. You might fool yourself for a day or two, but it will always go back to the way it was. So these stories that I hear of people with, years and years of sobriety and now they can go out to dinner and have a couple beers or go golfing and have a couple beers. There was something else going on there. If you're truly an alcoholic, um, you know, you have no defense against that, that first drink in the, in the beginning. We do now. I, I'd like to say that I do. I probably need to put more time in before I, I say that, but you have, have that de- defense of that first drink. But also, like you said, in the big book says it's an obsession of the mind that's where your mind went when you walked into that cooler, your, that obsessive part of your mind kicked in and said, oh, how are we going to drink all this? <laughs> but you were able to navigate that because you put one drop in after that obsession takes over, then the allergy kicks in and one's too many and a million is not enough, as they say all the time. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I, um, my gosh, um, today I... I just love knowing that I can be who I am as happy as I am or walking through whatever shit that God's put in front of me (laughs) and I can do it sober. um, But never, 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 never can I drink again. And I was told Scott that you, not only do you go back to where you were, you actually, your disease continues to progress. So if if I take a drink today, I am, I take a drink into where now I would be 34 years down the road as a drunk, which would be dead. I I wouldn't be alive if I were still drinking. So I always think, oh my God, that little bit that I might take would be, it would be worse. You know, it's it's facts. It's facts. And and if I picked up today where I left off was in the hospital with a tube down my throat, um, hypothermia setting in with a 0.46 blood alcohol content. And that was after being on the floor for however long and uh, buying two half gallons every other day. So uh, dead, dead for me as well. Yep. Right. Exactly. I remember um, just before, I mean, like a couple, well, maybe one day or two days before I got sober, um, I'd gone for the weekend with my boss and his family um, into the mountains and, and we were driving back and everybody jumped out of the car and gas station. And I, of course, went and I'm once again, I'm standing at the cooler and I'm looking at the alcohol. And at that point, I, I it wasn't I wasn't sober, but it was talking to me. It wanted me to buy that bottle. I mean, talking to me. <laughs> I'm like, wow. And I couldn't I couldn't buy it that day because my boss was the, the man that 12 stepped me. And, and so it, you know, there was no way I could walk back out to the car with alcohol. That would have been, you know. So yeah, I. It, but um, I don't need it today. I can dance and sing and jump and <laughs> whatever and be crazy, um, happy, sober. I love being a sober 
person, you know, I'm a lot of fun. And, and, you know, and I've tried, I'll tell you what I've done too. And I've tried sharing this with my grandchildren and I have three great grandchildren now, but I've shared it with my grandchildren. My oldest is 33 grandchild. And I, I, I took her on a ride I out in the car and I'm like, this is who grandma is. This is who you are. It's genetics. Um, what have you, and she's had trouble with alcohol, and she's still drinking, but she that can't drink like she used to, but she st- still gets drunk, and, and so it's all in my family. None of them are sober but grandma, so I, I, you know, I still carry the torch. I haven't handed it off to anybody yet, but there's hope. There's hope because they see me sober, you know, and, you know, it'd just be a real travesty to, for me to, you know, have a drink and fall down. Then then who would they look to? Because I know they look at, wow, grandma really is sober. You know? well, and, and, and like you said, uh, imagine that walk of shame. That, yes. Yeah. yeah, I I know what that that walk is because I've walked it sober. And, and it's been a lot of hard work and you put one step in front of the other and you just admit it. You admit it. You admit everything like you admitted you were an alcoholic. So, yeah, this I did that. That was wrong. The wrong, wrong, wrong. I can't do this. I got to get through it. I've done years of counseling. I am still in counseling. I'm not full time. I have someone I can call. Um, I, you know, there isn't any tool in my toolbox that I don't still today use. I just went to my counselor um, maybe a month ago. Um, You know, I have lots of support people. Um, I have everything in place. I'm completely wrapped in, in, in a, in a a group of people that, that love me and know I'm, I'm a sober person. I'm a fun person. And if I'm having a bad day, I can talk about it. We can pray about it. We can, you know, everything is still there in place so that I, I won't fall down, you know, and, and make a bad choice. So this is, this has been a, this has been a great conversation going back over all those years real quick. Like there's a lot of stories, but lots of fun. It's been fun because I decided to make it fun. Fun right. and sober. Yep. And fun and you sober. Can, yep. Yep. And you can do that. It, you know? Believe it or not, you can have fun without a drink in your hand. I never believed it, but oh, yeah. here we are. Yep. Yep. You just change everything. That's there it. Any, anything that stays the same. You know, yep. like I said, um, I, I'm more than one onion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the the, the, uh, the term they used in treatment a lot was, um, you know, have you hit your bottom yet? And my counselor, um, John P. Duty, one hell of a guy, he he always said, well, you hit bottom when you stop think- stop digging. Yes. That, that bottom is never, you never hit that bottom because it can always go worse. That's you, right. You Got to drop right. the damn shovel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yep. I had a, um, back at, when I first got sober, the, the man that had 25 years that I looked up to, his name was AJ Oregon. And his favorite saying was, everything is all right already. It, and I would find myself through this whole 34 years saying that certain something would come up. And, and even though it was bad, I'd say, yep, 
but everything is all right already. It, you know, so they just we have wonderful people in our lives and and wonderful sayings. There's nothing yeah. better than than the support you get with doing the steps and going to meetings and enjoying sobriety. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 and you never know what that one thing is going to be that sticks with somebody. And I think that's why it's so important to do these podcasts, even if, you know, uh, 12 people watch the, watch one, um, oh. maybe one of those 12 heard something that they could use. Um, I know, I, I remember one of the last um, speaker meetings that I went to in treatment, the guy was terrible. It was not, it did not keep your, keep your attention. And we had to sit there for the hour. There was no getting up and, 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 right. even, and I don't remember what he said. But there, he said something. He's like, well, I'll leave you with this. Literally the last sentence that he said. And I walked out of there like, well, that, that sentence alone was worth it. Right, you know? right. So you never know what you can, what you're going to get. So Right, right. Well, in one, one speaker meeting, there was a priest that came in, back in, in Houston. And, and what he said, it was hysterical. He said, they're coming to get me. Now that's hysterical. I can lay on the floor laughing about that right now. I know who they are. You know, <laughs> it was they were coming to get him for treatment. Yeah. And the way he said it, they're coming to get me. <laughs> just little things that just make you, you know, laugh with joy. But you, you know who they are, whoever. Yep. <laughs> yep. So yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. You just hang on to every little piece that works for you and let go of the rest. We're done. Well, yeah. I, I enjoyed doing a little step 12 with you today, taking the message to other alcoholics yeah. and, and non-alcoholics. I mean, they need to hear the message too. So they do. If, if anyone, you know, I always used to wish that somehow non-alcoholics could have some kind of program like we do because everybody has life. Everybody has problems, but they don't know how to deal with it. They sort of just meander and, you know, do whatever they do. But as an alcoholic, I get to use the 12 steps towards anything as well as alcohol to get through life. So I'm blessed. So, yeah, it was a good, good, good day. Good conversation. I, I hope and pray that someone hears just one piece, one piece of this and said, wow, she can do it 34 years. Maybe I can, maybe I can do it. Right on. Well, I, I, I haven't done this yet, but I'm going to do it. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Harbor Hall. Um, it's a fantastic treatment center that I, uh, it took me two tries going through there. No. Um, I'm going, I'm the sober heathen page is, is, uh, on their page. I think I'm going to post the videos cause I see a lot of people putting, uh, posting less relevant things. So I'm going to post uh, our conversations on there and um, they only have, I think a max of like 12 women at a time. Um, but maybe there's, I've had three women on my first three guests have been women. And I think that's, that's huge because um, you know, uh, I think guys get off a little easier being drunks uh, than women. I think they they have a little harder time uh, because the moms are supposed to be the the hens or whatever. Right. And I always felt bad um, seeing these women in there, and I, I you know I I should have felt a little bad for myself. You know what did you do to yourself? But um, I think it's very important. And I think there's a reason why my first three guests end up being women. I think I think I, I feel I I hope uh, that. 
someone out there that's a woman that's that's going through this uh stuff right now can hear your message and laura's and crystals because they all three of you guys have done fantastic this has been awesome right i just you know what i could say to any woman with uh, children that that's in that walk of shame trying hoping having a hard time with sobriety just do it regardless of of the effect that you've had on your children just do it because it's so worth it in the end because once you get there and you can look them in the eye and say, man, I'm really sorry, but I'm sober today and I'll be sober the rest of my life. Just do it so that they don't, well, my mom did this, that, and the other. And so that's an excuse because we all use excuses. Just do it. You know, it doesn't, doesn't matter how bad it was. What matters is that we go forward and get sober. Yep. You can be the best mom in the world, you know, today, if you get sober, you really can. Yep. Yep. Right on. Yeah. Well, well this was fun. Yeah. Uh, thank, thank you. you. I'm glad Laura uh, got us in contact with each other. Uh, um, yeah. Is there uh, any final words before we uh, do the big to do the big bye-bye? Um, no, I'm, you know, I, no, this has just been really nice. I, I just hope and hope and pray that, that 34 years is, is worth it out there for someone to hear that I've had a great journey. It's been so difficult, but it's been so fun. (laughs) Sure. Sure. And, And the, the vital, absolute vital parts, I think, um, you're sober you're happy and everything isn't quote unquote perfect. No, you still, you still have the, you know, your, your children and you wish things were different there, but um, you are happy and it is possible to be happy and get through all the crap that you've been through. So I right. think that's, that's a great message. Uh, you can hear it in your voice. You can hear the, the, you know, the happiness in your voice. And I think that's the most important part. So, right. I would hate to be them in their fifties with a, a mother sober for 34 years and they're still drinking and blaming me. Are you kidding me? Yep. <laughs> Get well, over yourself. Yeah, just... <laughs> I'm dropping that cup of coffee, Scott. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm gonna remember that. I'm gonna, I'm, I might have to use that one day. I don't drink coffee. I might just have to go get a cup one day if I'm in a meeting and yep, make a point. So, yep, yep, <laughs> it's a good point. Yep, absolutely. No, goodbye. I thank you very much. Yes, thanks again. Congratulations on 34 years. That's freaking amazing. And, yeah. um, thank you for your story and your time. And, uh, let's keep in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right. Have a great day. Uh huh. Bye. Bye bye. <laughs>